Next up on the Renaissance Man podcast, we have former Miss Michigan and proud Detroit native Taylor Hale, who recently became the first black woman to win the latest season of the long-running reality show, Big Brother. Coming up, I talked to Taylor about her upbringing in our hometown, the obstacles she faced in the Big Brother house, and what she feels is the key ingredient to making your voice heard. Up next, Taylor Hale. Let's go. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Jalen Rose, and welcome to the Renaissance Man podcast, proudly presented by the New York Post, a show where we cover trends in fashion, entertainment, current events, and everything in between. This week's theme is Be Your Own Advocate. Today's guest has me thinking a lot about what it means to believe in your own potential. As someone in the sports media, my greatest tool is my voice. And being my own biggest advocate is something I learn to do all of the time. And here's why. It may come off as cocky or confident or braggadocious, but newsflash, if you don't toot your own horn, a lot of times nobody else can hear the music. Being your own advocate can mean a lot of things in many spaces too. It could mean defending your work at school or speaking up about your health concerns to your doctors or even vocalizing your needs when you're negotiating your salary. Newsflash, we never get what we deserve, only what we have the leverage to negotiate. Because when you develop enough courage to stand up for yourself, your goals, your dreams, you'll eventually learn how to stand up for others in the moments that matter. My next guest knows all about using her voice to do just that. Taylor Hale is making her mark as a former Miss Michigan and now a groundbreaking winner of the hit TV show, Big Brother. Coming up, I talked to Taylor about the nasty bullying and racism she overcame on the reality show. The music at the top of her playlist and what it was like going public with her relationship with former Big Brother contestant, Joseph Abden. Up next, Taylor Hale. Today's episode is extra special because anytime I could start a show and say, what up, though, 
it makes me happy. And my next guest is a television personality, former Miss Michigan USA, who recently shattered glass ceilings by becoming the first black woman to win Big Brother reality show. And again, being from my hometown is a shining example of the resilience and strength that our city produces. It is my honor to welcome the incredible Taylor Hale to the Renaissance Man Podcast. What up, though? <laughs> Look, that was the best intro I've gotten in, in the month and a half since I've been out the house. I just need to record that and have that hyped up wherever <laughs> yes. I am. Thank yes. you, Mr. Taylor You know how Rose. we do it? I'm happy for you. I'm proud of you. I'm rooting for you. I know your story, but I want you to tell the story to those who may not know. Tell us about your upbringing in Detroit, where you grew up, and how you think Motown shaped you. Woo! All right. Well, this is easy. I talk about it all the time. So I grew up at Seven Mile and Woodward. I grew up in the university district, mm -hmm. and I went to school my entire life at Country Day. So from age four, I was one of, I think, four black kids going to Country Day, mm -hmm. and I went there all the way until I graduated high school. But it's interesting because people at that time didn't understand Detroit to be a multifaceted, multi-economic city. Mm -hmm. So you see the black girls from Detroit come to public or private school in the suburbs, they automatically think, I'm from the hood, mm -hmm. all I know are gunshots. But yep. the university district is a beautiful yes. area. Like yes. I grew up around black excellence, black wealth, doctors, lawyers, business owners. That's the life that I've always had. And what's always been important to me is not to say this is the only way to be a black person. It's important mm -hmm. for me to say Detroit has all different types of black people and there's space for all of us. So while I may have had a more privileged economic upbringing in the city of Detroit than others, I will never, ever, ever discredit or try to distance myself from other Detroiters because circumstances just happen to be different. Absolutely. So, that is the life that I had as a native Detroiter. And I would look, seven mile, seven mile Woodward, you can never tell me I'm not a Detroiter within city limits, okay? No doubt. No doubt. These are these is major streets. Woodward, seven mile, <laughs> this, this is major right here. And by the way, Country Day, one of the greatest schools in the United States of America. So kudos to your family, your parents, for not only nurturing you, but yourself for getting in. What was it like for you in so many cases being the minority trying to prove that you deserve to fit in? You know, that's something being one of four black kids at age four, I learned very early on. But what I was also appreciative about Detroit Country Day is that even though I was a minority within minority, that school was still very diverse. Mm -hmm. I got exposed to Jewish kids. I got exposed to Indian, like from India, kids. I got exposed to Middle Eastern kids. Mm -hmm. And yes, many different types of white people as well. So while I was used to being a minority, and yes, there are microaggressions that I face in all different phases of my life from young to old, and now it's still this beautiful experience that I had where I was pre-exposed at a very early age to all different types of people. So yeah, there were times where I felt like I had to prove my blackness. There were points where two of my black friends were giving me black lessons on how to drink <laughs> pop the right way and talk the right way. But it got to a point where I was like, 
sorry to swear, but to hell with this. Like I exist as I am. My blackness is just as valid as everybody else's. And once I embraced that, that's when I knew that the only way to represent my blackness is by showing people that your version of blackness is correct and valid. Absolutely. And I appreciate your strength and your discipline and your leadership. But growing up on Seven Mile in Woodward, but then entering in a pageant universe is two different worlds. So at what point did you realize that that was something you want to do? Oh, it's funny. People always ask me about this when I tell them I was with Michigan USA and they think, oh, so you've been doing pageants since you were young, right? No. <laughs> my senior year of college my senior year of college I was watching Miss Universe and it was the year that Steve Harvey messed up the announcement but before he even got to the end of that pageant and messed up the announcement I'm watching these girls they're beautiful they're smart they're sexy they have causes they care about and they're not ashamed of owning all of that mm. and I said I'm one of those girls mm-hmm. I, I should be on that stage what am I doing sitting here watching them I need to be one of them Mm-hmm. And I was already looking up how to compete for, at the time, this DC USA, because that's where I went to school. Mm-hmm. Then, and the show comes, Steve Harvey has his whole debacle, but I'm already signing up for DC. I'm like, I need to be who I am at a larger level. So I lost that pageant, but the girl who beat me went on to win Miss USA. And I wow. said, oh, okay. I might have something here. If I can place <laughs> right. in her top 15. I waited three years because I just needed to trust myself and trust my timing. I competed in Michigan uh, and I got second runner up and I won the swimsuit competition. And then I said, next year, that crown is mine. Mm -hmm. And I trained and then COVID happened. Mm. So instead of training for nine months, like I planned, I had to train for a year and nine months and I never quit. I never stopped. And when we could finally have that pageant, I swept that competition and won Miss Michigan USA. So being a, a basketball player, there are certain people that think, oh, you're tall, so you're good at basketball. <laughs> so for you, you're beautiful, you're smart, so it only makes sense that you should be in a pageant. But you just talked about training and work ethic. What are some of the things you were doing leading up to that point? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that because a lot of people think, oh, you can get some good grades, hold a normal conversation and put on some makeup, you can walk on some heels and do just fine. No, <laughs> I have seen Glamazons lose that pageant. Yeah. <laughs> I have seen all different types of people lose a pageant. Mm-hmm. And I've seen all different types of people that people don't think will place, place in a pageant. Mm-hmm. And it's because these women are highly driven and highly dedicated. And when you stop looking at it as I'm competing against other women, And you start looking at it as I'm competing to be the best version of myself. Mm. I'm competing to be the smartest, most informed version of myself. Mm. I'm competing to be the most inspirational version of myself for other people to see. I'm competing to be the healthiest version of myself. Mm -hmm. That's when you can walk into that pageant and walk on that pageant stage and say, this is who I am. Mm -hmm. Take me or leave me. Mm -hmm. And if you take me, I'm going to show you over and over again why you chose me. And if you leave me, It's not going to impact me at all because I'm confident in who I am. I trained every day for Mm -hmm. a year and nine months because it's not about how you look physically. It's not about the gown that you wear. It's about how you present and understand yourself. Mm -hmm. And once you have that unmovable confidence, that's when you see a girl walk across that stage and say, that's someone who deserves to win. Incredible. What was it like for you 
eventually being crowned Miss Michigan. What up, though? The ah, Miss, well, Miss Michigan was... 2021. What was it like? I mean, if you actually see the video of my crowning, it was chaos. I put the crown on, they put the crown on my head. I start ugly crying. You see all these girls getting crowned. They have the prettiest cries you've ever seen in your life. Like, I am just, ah. yes. I said, ah. <laughs> and then I went to hug the teen that won, Miss Michigan Teen USA. She hugs me. The crown knocks off my head, hits the floor, and goes rolling across the stage. So I said, there is no more perfect crowning than this chaos right it's here. It's a that's, that's something happened to a D-Trader. That's all. <laughs> yes, that's all it is. But you know what? Again, that immovable confidence. Mm -hmm. I walked on over. I put that crown, put it back on my head, said, oh, no takesies backseat. No it's mine. No doubt. But it melt, meant everything because now... I'm a black girl. I'm only at that point the second black woman in 15 years to hold the Miss Michigan USA crown. I'm a native Detroiter, mm -hmm. the daughter of two cast tech grads, mm -hmm. and I get to show Michigan, I get to show the USA that black girls like me with a darker skin complexion yes. deserve to be heralded as beautiful, as smart, as well-rounded. And I took that so seriously because I know what it's like to have someone look at me and say, you'd be prettier if you were just a little bit lighter or Jeez. don't don't tan too much because you're, you're really pretty, but like for a dark girl. Mm -hmm. And let's be really realistic here. Like there's a whole spectrum beyond me. So yeah. to call me dark skinned is I think disrespectful to the rest of the spectrum of beautiful ebony women beyond. Mm -hmm. And so people are going to put microaggressions on me mm -hmm. <laughs> when I'm free in the middle. I can't imagine how ugly it can get for my darker sisters. So mm -hmm. it was important for me to fully embrace what I can mean and the space that I can open up for the girls who look like me coming after me.